Celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. And welcome in. This is the Music Vibes Podcast. And I'm, of course, your host, DC Hendrix. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Search DC Hendrix and search Music Vibes, and you'll find us just like that. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Let us know what you are thinking. A lot of great stuff coming up on this podcast, so make sure you stay up to date and keep up with what we have going on in this show. August is going to be a big one. I have a classic rock guitarist already confirmed for the month of August. He has a new album coming out, so make sure you're to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe to keep up. That way you know when the new episode is uploaded and you'll be able to check out this show. So for this week's edition, we have one of my good friends here in the music industry, one of my favorite music journalists, it's Corbin Reef. Now, he's been on this podcast a few times. We talked about his book, All-Time Greatest Concerts. I think that was a couple years ago at this point. He also came on a couple other times. We talked greatest guitar riffs of all time. So make sure if you want to check those out, go ahead and go back in our archives and check those out. He's one of my personal favorite journalists that there have that there is in the music industry right now. He covers the classic. He covers the now. And that's why he's a perfect guest. But he also has a book coming out July 28th. He has... Total fucking Godhead, the biography of Chris Cornell, who was the lead vocalist of Soundgarden and unfortunately took his own life in May of 2017. And he's best known as lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist for rock bands Soundgarden and Audio Slave. And for his numerous solo works, Cornell was also the founder and frontman of Temple of the Dog, a one-off tribute band dedicated to his late friend Andrew Wood, who was from he was an alternative rock band Malfunction and uh, Mother Love Bone uh, in the late 80s. And unfortunately, he died March 19th of 1990 in Seattle, Washington. And that was one of Chris's buddies. And I think he was found he was found by his girlfriend he overdosed on heroin and that was chris's buddies so he dedicated a band to him so chris cornell we are highlighting him here today and kind of previewing my friend corbin's book and digging into what he was trying to accomplish with this book for a lot of you soundgarden fans out there so when you think of soundgarden you probably think instantly of these songs I do so much in the catalog, and if you think of Audio Slave, you may think of these. modern that's some good stuff we're gonna dig into total fucking godhead the biography of chris cornell written by the one and only corbin reef 
Oh, yeah, this is Corbin. How's it going, DC? Hey, doing all right, man. What's up with you? Not much. Hey, I closed my laptop at the exact same time you called, and I like, linked to my phone, so it like sent it to voicemail. My bad about that. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. It's good to hear from you. It feels like it's been forever. and I know it. We, we got a lot to get to, man. There's a lot to get to, but we got to start off. We got we to gotta catch up, man. So you no longer live in Chicago, Illinois. There's some new, some new things you're doing. What's new with Corbin Reef? Yeah, man, I moved up to Seattle, uh, living the dream, you know, uh, got this Chris Cornell book coming out, you know, keep my head above water as COVID rages across the country, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing what I can. Yeah, how exactly, you know, I, I know it's probably just gotten you to dig deeper into the book, but how, other than that, how has COVID-19, I mean, how has it changed your life personally here in 2020? Oh, man, well, you know, I'm sure you can see there's been a lot of, uh, uh, impact in the cultural media you know a lot of sites are contracting a lot of opportunities are drying up so it's kind of making me reevaluate you know what i'm going to do going forward and how i'm going to continue being a writer and what medium that's going to mean and you know a lot of a lot of, a lot of internal talks about you know what the way forward looks like but we'll we'll figure it out absolutely and of course you have this brand new book coming out that highlights the life of chris cornell and before we even get into that man i know because we're big concert goers and it's been killing me man i don't know how it's been for you but no concerts in 2020 i tried the drive-in concert thing i don't know if you guys are doing that over in seattle i tried the drive-in concert thing wasn't for me um it just i wasn't feeling it man wasn't feeling the vibes in fact one was literally a video like you're you're in a drive-in it's like watching a video like that you could just watch on youtube and uh it was rough man it was rough i know there's somewhere that you do have the artist or band in front of you but um you're still drive-in concert form so how are you doing with no concerts have you tried the drive-in concert thing no, I haven't haven't done the drive-in concert thing. I'm kind of sticking to my bootleg recordings and YouTube videos and getting my fix that way. Mm. But um, you know, I, it's just you know, it's one of those things where you know I, I go to uh, you know, I, well, I did go to many many concerts every year. You know, writing about them and covering them, and I wrote a book about concerts, so they, they've always been a huge part of my life. But you know, it's it's been kind of nice just to kind of not be on that calendar a little bit. You know, um, mm. it kind of takes some more time to be more. Do some more thoughtful projects, but yeah, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to see some live acts here pretty soon, and I hope we we can make that happen. But I think I'll wait until it's a little more normal. We can mm-hmm. you know rage and sweat sweat filled clubs again before I <laughs> before I <laughs> before I go out and try doing that. Any particular? Because I know we talk a lot about albums and records here on this show. Any album that you've listened to a lot? What is what is Corbin Reeves' most listened to album in COVID nineteen world of twenty twenty? Oh man, there's been so many. I, you know, I uh, since the time of day, you know, I really like the new Haim album that came out recently. Um, we we'll talk about live albums. The Japan Droids have a great live album out now, live at Massey Effing Hall, <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> pretty awesome. You know, Bob Dylan's new album is is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, man, uh, there's 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 been so many. I've talked. I mean, it's off the top of my head. It's been it's been actually a really crazy year in that it's been uh, terrible in a lot of ways. But the new music that's been coming out has been. Mm-hmm. been just phenomenal next level stuff yeah there's been so many i've been digging into some of the classics and especially for this interview kind of digging into sound garden a little bit as you have this book total fucking godhead the biography of chris cornell coming out i believe it's july 28th correct july 28th this book is going to be coming out so let's start with highlighting 
Chris Cornell himself, obviously, it wasn't just Soundgarden. Um, so you approaching this book. Now, this is not the first book I've interviewed you for. Last time, I think we talked about the all-time greatest concerts, which was, which was a great episode, by the way. Had a lot of fun yeah, with definitely. that. And that book was fantastic. So I'm sure this book is going to be just phenomenal as well. So your process in your mind approaching this book. Well, how did this book come to fruition? Yeah, you know, Chris Cornell passed, obviously, in 2017, mm-hmm. and uh, it hit me hard. Like, you know, I've been a fan of his music for a long time, you know, growing up on Soundgarden and Temple of the Dog and Audio Slave. You know, those those records all really meant a lot to me. And, um, you know, after he passed, you know, it's, it kind of perturbed me a little bit to kind of, you know, see he was respected, obviously, in his passing. But, you know, there's there's bookshelves that you can fill about grunge as a genre and Nirvana and even Pearl Jam, and there's even a book about Alice in Chains, but... You know, the full story of Chris's musical life and, and what he accomplished and, and what he did in his time uh, with Soundgarden, you know, it, it really felt like a neglected legacy in a lot of ways. And I really wanted to kind of use his words and speak to some people who knew him to kind of paint a picture for people of, you know, what a dynamic artist he was, the struggles he faced in his life, and how he made the music that he made. Um, and it was a, a hell of a journey. It took me about two and a half years to kind of get it all together and track down sources, uh, pretty much find every piece of information that Chris Cornell ever uh, <laughs> spoke about uh, in his life. So I can, you know, he wouldn't get the opportunity to, to write a memoir like a lot of rock stars do. So as much as I could, I wanted him to tell the story. So that meant tracking down every piece of anything he ever said on the record to try to, you know, flesh out the outlines of what his life looked like from his point of view and, and using other sources to try to fill in the gaps where that where, the, where those existed. Yeah, and I'm sure much like you did with the all-time greatest concerts book, a lot of research and a lot of interviews um, entailed in that as well. Who were some of the people that you had to, you know, chat with in order to get some of this info you got? Well, it's a wide-ranging pe- group of you know group of people. You know, um, I wasn't able to get as many people as I would have liked. You know, you, I want to do the whole. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people are familiar with the work of Robert Carroll, but he 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 really dives into a subject and, and gets to the real nitty-gritty. You know, considering a lot of factors, I wasn't able to always do that, but there was a wealth of producers and, you know, uh, uh, sound people that I was able to talk to, friends, uh, collaborators, uh, Artist the Spoon Man. <laughs> I got to talk to Artist the Spoon Man, which was a, was, nice. was, was, was a blast. Adam Casper, uh, Perry Farrell, you know, a bunch of people um, really helped me out with the book. And, and it's, it was a really fantastic process learning more about Chris Cornell uh, along the way and, and uh, you know, putting together his story. Absolutely. And to kind of summarize, before we even get to Chris's solo career, um, a lot of people forget about that as well. But with Soundgarden in particular, which a lot of people will know him from, hopefully, but a lot of old timers on here. So they may not know Soundgarden. I mentioned Soundgarden earlier to a couple of old timers here in the building, and they looked at me like I said, a hip hop group you would never have known. So I guess, I guess we need to revisit who Soundgarden is for some people. Now, I sure. summarize them as a 90s alternative heavy metal rock band. Now, they were, and I, the reason I enjoy them so much is because they're one of the bands to kind of um, adopt that 70s rock sound. And sure. that's something, obviously, as I mentioned on here before, that's my favorite era of music. So I, that made me love Soundgarden even more. But for the, I guess, for the old timers that don't know Soundgarden or the young millennials that, for some reason, don't know who Soundgarden is. Uh, how would you summarize Soundgarden? That's actually a really great question because Soundgarden is a hard band to, to qualify in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. they moved through so many different phases. You know, they started out in the '80s as this post-punk indie band, a little bit of new wave, a lot of flange guitar, and 
they get signed to Sub Pop Records, one of the first bands to get signed to Sub Pop Records, um, helped launch that label. Um, and then, you know, they go to SST, another independent label that was formed by Black Flag and put out Ultra Mega OK and kind of lead more into the, you know, dissonant Bauhaus sort of sound before, you know, getting picked up by A&M Records and, and kind of leaning more into that more metal punk aesthetic that you were talking about with Led Zeppelin and everything, and which I guess they kind of did in Ultra Mega OK, too. You have songs like Incessant Mace which sounds a lot like Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin, and they had that mm-hmm. aesthetic going for them. And, you know, as they went on, they, they got a little bit more sophisticated with tunings and, you know, Black Sabbath's Depths and Evil and songs like Fourth of July on Super Unknown. And, um, yeah, they were just like, you know, it's not, I, you know, it's, they were kind of like the Led Zeppelin of the grunge group. You know, you have mm-hmm. the uh, Pearl Jam, sort of the Who, and Nirvana, sort of the, sort of the Beatles, but they, they were definitely the, the loud dark, aggressive rock band who, you know, uh, weren't afraid to take make slaves and bulldozers in 11, 12-minute, you know, jam while they were playing live. <laughs> and I, I don't want to get too far off track, but I do have to mention this real quick since you kind of, I guess, opened the door, so to speak. You mentioned Led Zeppelin's Days to Confuse. I know you've seen, I just seen that movie for the first time. They were clowning me, man. I was getting clowned. Like, really? You've never seen Days to Confuse? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just some movies I wasn't able to see until I was an adult. Sure. My dad would have killed me if he seen I was trying to watch that movie. So, yeah. it's uh, So, Days of Confused. A lot of people were saying that that movie doesn't stand the time here in, in the 2020s. I thought the movie was phenomenal. Just quickly moving away. Days of Confused, the movie. What, what are your overall thoughts, Corbin? I love that movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the director's name is Casey at the moment, but he's made some uh, uh, fantastic films since then. Everybody wants some. It's kind of his take on that in the 80s uh, perspective. <laughs> but it's a great soundtrack, you know, a great glimpse at what life was like in Texas in the 70s when, you know, you were just trying to go to keggers and, and you know, score Aerosmith tickets. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, it maybe was uncouth in our current time, but, you know, different eras. And it's, it's you know, you got to portray it authentically, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I just seen, I wanted to mention that because I seen you liked my tweet when I tweeted it out. Oh, I was getting clown, man. So I was just making sure I wasn't. Was <laughs> Better I, late than never, you know? I, absolutely, man. See, that's the vibes that I needed, man. I needed more people yeah. like Corbin Reef on my timeline. But, uh, you know. positive around here. That's right. Positivity. Positive vibes all around. So I'm really excited about this book, not only to dig into Chris Cornell, but. You know, I'm sure it's going to highlight a lot about Soundgarden, who I grew up listening to and probably going to end up, you know, finding out things that I didn't even know. So in terms of albums for, from Soundgarden, because, you know, I'm an album guy and I do not sure. have an album in the collection yet. In my Ooh. vinyl collection, I do not have Soundgarden. So if you could, Corbin, highlight a couple albums from Soundgarden that you think I should get and why. Okay. Um, well, you know, I, I always kind of try to ask people questions about some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find it fascinating people's reactions to what they think. And, and sometimes you have to delineate between best and greatest. So, or, or not best and greatest, but like favorite and, and greatest, because mm-hmm. those two things aren't always the same. So I'll give you my two. Um, my, my favorite Soundgarden album is Bad Motor Finger. Okay. Um, the first four songs on that album are maybe one of the first strongest first four songs in any album ever between outshine rusty cage um uh, slaves and bulldozers i mean you just, it's just a phenomenal run of of music um and then but if you're going to go with greatest it's pretty hard not to pick super unknown mm-hmm. which has you know black hole sun and fourth of july and fell on black days a lot of the music that Soundgarden's mostly known for yeah. um uh, to the general public is on that album and it is just a psychedelic monolith of, of epic proportions that i cannot recommend enough 
Yeah, Spoon Man. That was uh There you go. Now that I'm looking at the track list, I think I've heard most of this album, but maybe that'll be Fourth where I July start. Fourth of July is on Fourth of July is the song on Super Unknown that I think is the is the greatest uh Soundgarden song. Just like so that. full of menace and psychedelia and just I cannot I cannot get enough of that song. So I mean I guess what I'm saying is if you're gonna pick one, go with Super Unknown. You it's okay. hard to it's hard to beat that. Okay. All right, I'll start there, and then I'm, I'll go ahead and make my way through. I, I know some people were told me about Screaming Life. I think that was out oh, the yeah. year I was born in 90. Your, th- your thoughts on that one? Screaming Life came out earlier. It came out in 87. It's, it's actually an EP. It's um, Soundgarden's first release under their own name. It was put out um, under Sub Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's the, it's the earliest version of Soundgarden, you know, Nothing to Say, and, okay. and a lot of those, you know, uh, more post-punk indie sort of sound that they kind of went with earlier in their career before they really got into, you know, the, the crazy alternate tunings and, you know, the Black Sabbath sort of zeppelin vibe. They were kind of a little more artistic in those kind of ways. It's, it's a fascinating document. It's kind of weird to see where they started and where they kind of uh, ended up. I, I seen in your, I guess, synopsis for the book, Total Fucking Godhead, the biography of Chris Cornell, again, out July 28th. I'm going to mention that as, mon- as much as I can uh, to sneak it Appreciate in. It. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So... You you mentioned in your synopsis about him being an audio audio slave. Well, so okay, he he did Soundgarden, and then Soundgarden broke up in '97. Right, and then um, he made a solo album with the members of this band called Eleven, uh, called Euphoria. The album was called Euphoria Morning, and then shortly after that happened, you know, he was kind of figuring out what to do with his career. And Rage Against the Machine broke up, and they were looking to do what they were going to do with their career, talking to Rick Rubin and. One day, Ruben drops the needle on uh, Slaves and Bulldozers, <laughs> and the room fills up with Chris Cornell's voice, and they're like, oh, my God, that's the guy. We need that guy. And so they went to his house, uh, pitched the idea, and then, uh, you know, some tumult followed, but eventually Audio Slave was born, and that first record, yeah. I think, is, is immaculate. Yep, a lot of people don't know that. I wanted to highlight that. I, I did see that when I was reading, um, you know, getting ready for this interview and podcast. And I was like, God, that is right. I haven't listened to a whole lot of Audio Slave, so it was nice to revisit that. And I'm sure you highlight a lot of that in the book. Now, one thing we don't want to forget is his solo career as well. Now, Chris's solo career. Um, how, what did you focus on? What did you want to highlight in terms of his solo career in this fantastic book of yours? Well, you know, it's interesting. With Chris Cornell, he said an artist, whether you know, it was with Soundgarden or Audio Slave or Solo, that he always was striving to try new and different things, seemingly with every project. So no, no two Soundgarden albums sound the same. No two Chris Cornell solo albums sound the same. No Audio Slave albums don't really sound the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things you have to realize is when you listen to it is that you know, he was he was an artist in the sense of he wasn't always the one who was going to do the most commercially, you know, uh, pers- you know, affluent choice, I suppose. Uh, you know, he made an album with Timbaland called Scream. A lot of people did not like, but I think it's a pretty interesting and admirable left turn. Uh, he made an album with Steve Lillywhite, uh, the producer for U2, that was somewhat adult contemporary. And then he made that album earlier with, uh, with the, um, the members of Eleven and Alan Johannes. Uh, called Euphoria Morning that was, you know, somber and very, very 1999, if you, if you can kind of get a sense of what that means. And then his final album, Higher Truth, which is probably his, his strongest solo songwriting that he made with uh, Brendan O'Brien. Um, just really just acoustic guitar-based music kind of playing the ballad ear, you know, his, you know, adopting sort of the guise of his, you know, old friend Jeff Buckley, uh, one guy with a guitar trying to, you know, write the best songs he can. And it's actually a really great record. I would recommend it if people haven't heard it before. 
Yeah, and obviously with, you know, tragic deaths, much like Chris, that come, you know, really unprecedented. How do you think, you know, before the book and after the release of your book, how do you think people should perceive Chris, you know, in terms of his legacy in the music industry? Because I feel like and one thing that I hate about musician deaths is it feels like people aren't appreciated. And so unfortunately, they're gone. And I feel like Chris was one of those guys that didn't hear a whole lot about it, didn't hear a whole lot about his legacy from, you know, the general music public. And so unfortunately, we lost him. I would, I would totally agree. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book is kind of to set the record straight about, you know, who Chris was and, you know, how he was perceived by the world at large and, and, and ways in which that we can, you know, maybe change some of that perception. Because I feel like you, you read a lot of the eulogies after he passed about, you know, mm. he was almost too perfect. You know, he was this guy who had like the chisel abs, the four <laughs> octave voice, you know, and, and, you know, he looked great and he sounded great. It seemed like whatever he touched turned to gold, you know, making a song for James Bond, you know, my name, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing for the president and meeting the queen. I mean, like he, he did seem to, to the outside of people to live uh, a sort of a charmed existence. But, man, that guy really, 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 really worked hard at his craft. Um, and I think people don't realize the struggle that he went through to, to make some of those iconic songs and how much he beat himself up to to pull music out of himself. Um, you know, he started off as a drummer and he ended up, you know, abandoning that. He was Soundgarden's first drummer. And then, you know, some so quickly, you know, Scott Sunquist took over, then Matt Cameron took over, but to go from being the drummer to working in altered tunings, uh, you know, ease all across the board for, for some songs, weird things. And, you know, using his limitations as a weapon, you know, he can't play like Ingve Malmsteen, but he can be experimental. And he really strove to push his, his artistry. And I hope that, I really hope that when people read the book, they kind of feel the effort that he went to in, in terms of transforming himself to, into an artist of a real substance and stature. And, and it wasn't just the fully formed rock idol that, you know, many perceived him to be. I mean, he was that, but he was more than that. Absolutely. And I'm sure that there was a, a nice section on Temple of the Dog as well. Oh, you better believe there absolutely is. <laughs> yeah, I had to you give better a, believe. Had to had to get a nice little tease there, and of course that is a tribute to his friend uh, Andrew Wood, and I'm sure that, that's what I'm excited to read into as well because that's something I didn't know a whole lot about, but I know it's you know how we are. We all rock critics and music music nerds. We all talk and you know converse about these kind of things, and that is one thing I'm looking forward to, man. And this book, July 28th, we will be looking forward to hearing this book. So. One more time, for the people that don't know a whole lot about Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, Chris Cornell, and just the, I guess, the grunge era, you know, for people that aren't familiar with that, and for the people that are. So we're looking at two different sides here, people that are familiar with Chris Cornell and Soundgarden, and the people that who are not. So for those people, what can they get from this fantastic book? I think I think we're going to get a great playlist of music, first and foremost. I think you're going to discover, if you've never heard of, of Chris Cornell or we're only vaguely familiar with them. I think you're going to discover a lot of music that you might not be aware of that I think will really blow your mind. Uh, and then for the people that do know him and are very aware of him, I think you're going to understand a lot more about where that music came from, the context from which it was created, and the meaning behind some of it. Um, and, I, and I hope that enriches the experience of, of hearing the music going forward. Couldn't say it better myself. Corbin Reef, the... Rock critic and writer of the brand new book, Total Fucking Godhead, the biography of Chris Cornell joining us here. Before I let you go, man, so we talked Soundgarden, Audio Slave, favorite Audio Slave album. 
Well, the first album is, is, is pretty, pretty fantastic. I mean, it's hard to beat that. You know, it has I Am the Highway, Shadow on the Sun, mm-hmm. uh, like, like a Stone, um, The Last Remaining Light. Those are some incredible songs. It's really hard, it's really hard to beat that. And then, I mean, I'll, I already mentioned Super Unknown, so I won't talk about that one as much. But make sure that if you're a Pearl Jam fan, mm-hmm. if you're a Soundgarden fan, if you're a Chris Cornell fan, check out Temple the Dog. His tribute album to Andrew Wood. Uh, they were roommates before Andrew passed, and and a lot of those guys went on to form Pearl Jam that were in a band with him called Mother Love Bone. Uh, I would really check out that album. It's it's poignant, it's beautiful. Reach Down um, uh, is one of the great songs in that album. Call Me a Dog is another great great song on that album, and one of his greatest vocal performances. Mm-hmm. If you're just looking for pure Chris Cornell crooning and screaming to his best abilities, Call Me a Dog is is a great place to start. Mm. Couldn't have said it better. And you open another door, as you usually do. I think you do this every time I'm trying to, like, exit the interview. <laughs> you always give me something else. So you mentioned Pearl Jam. What do you, what do you think of Gigaton, the new album? I, I love it. You know, uh, Super Bowl of Wolf Moon's a great song. I, I love that, you know, they, they really tried some, some new stuff. You know, that band, you know, they, they always, they don't phone it in. Um, they really do try to, you know, to work out some material that's enriching them and and i was really uh I, I was very 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 happy with that album i you know i they're weird so many people love pearl jam's early era but you know uh i i, I always have, have loved some of their older albums like lightning bolt uh came out i think uh, this is lightning bolt or backspacer came out while i was in iraq in 2010 hmm. and uh obviously that album has a lot of meaning for me because i just I didn't have many CDs, but I had that one, so I played it constantly. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I'll always appreciate Pearl Jam's efforts to push the envelope or, or just make some awesome rock tracks. I mean, you know, you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel, and they, they do a great job of just making some jams. And I always appreciate your service as well. Um, I know that's something I think I at least try to mention as well, that you served um, in Iraq for a moment of time before you came this great rock rock journalist that we go to for all of our news and wanted to highlight as well. Corbin, always great stuff, man. I'm really looking forward to this book and make sure I order it and get it here and uh, spread the news around the station as well. And maybe we can get some more people to order this book. All right. Great stuff as always. Always love chatting with you. It's, it's, it's a blast. Thanks so much to Corbin Reed for coming on and talking about his brand new book. Comes out July 28th. Total fucking Godhead, the biography of Chris Cornell. Again, comes out July 28th. And it only makes sense to drop the needle. Sponsored by 20 Past 4 and More. Located at 2014 Broadway Street. Go ahead and go see them. Check out my man, man, Kevin. He'll hook you up with all your tobacco products and needs at 2014 Broadway Street here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It only makes sense to drop the needle on a Soundgarden classic. And we go back to 1994, the album Super Unknown, as Corbin has recommended that to be the first album I grabbed for my vinyl record collection. And there's one song that really resonates with me, my personal favorite from that album. No, it's not Black Hole Sun. No, it's not Spoon Man. Actually, my favorite song from the album is Fell on Black Days. So let's go ahead and drop the needle. Here's Soundgarden. Fell on Black Days. Let's drop the needle.
Time Travel with DC Hendrix on the Music Vibes Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify on your mobile device. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.